Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? Somebody you give. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Maron. Alright, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nick? Welcome to live What the Fuck at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles, California. Turn on those lights, Jimmy! No lights? Really? Oh, shit! Thanks for coming. Good to see you. Yeah, that's right. All right, fade it out. Wow, that was awkward. I was in the dark there for half my life. Jesus Christ. Let's do this up front. <laughs> it's panicking. This is WTF Live at the UCB Theater here in Hollywood, California. Thank you for coming. Oh, fuck, I went to my, voice, my first voice lesson. Some fan of WTF um, bought me voice, uh, voice coaching. No, it was supposed to be a nice thing, not a slight. It wasn't... You guys are like, aha, what a dick. He kind of, no. No, he was moved by my musical uh, episode and said, I think you, it would change your life if you go this voice coach. So I was very excited. I didn't know what to expect. And I went to the guy, I set up the appointment, and it's a little cramped office. He's, he's a, a, a sort of you know, squat Asian man. It's just him behind a piano, and there's a microphone, and he's just like, okay, let's begin. I'm like, what does that even mean? What do you mean begin? He goes, then he teaches me how to breathe. Do you know how to breathe properly from your diaphragm? Do you know you're supposed to push out when you breathe in? He's got me in there, and I'm so vulnerable and open because I figure, what have I got to lose? I'm here to learn. But he's like, all right, now when you breathe in, push out. That's hard to like, like, you know, I'm squinching up like this. And then he goes, in the middle of it, push out sound. So I'm like, and he goes, good. And I'm like, don't fuck with me. You know, if we're going to do this. Be honest with me. And then he, so he starts explaining to me about falsetto and how th- it was a little racist, a little bit. He, um, <laughs> he did a, he was, he goes, uh, he goes like uh, most white people uh, and white men uh, don't have a strong falsetto, which is the upper, upper end of the vocal cords because they don't use it. And he goes, um, in other cultures like the Italians or black people, for instance, they have a very strong f- f- falsetto because they use it. He, he does something like this. He goes, how you doing? <laughs> he literally did that. He's like, what's going on with you? And then he says, I want you, be- I don't have another lesson set up, but he says, I want you to use your falsetto. Whenever you have an opportunity, use your falsetto. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Am I supposed to do my show like, hello, WTF? But it was, you know, breathing from your diaphragm can get, have you, have you like when I first started doing it, I felt like crying a little bit, but I thought that'd be inappropriate. Right? Oh, because you'll throw up, which is not part of the performance, unless you're doing that kind of show. So what have we got? Do we have business at hand? We have a great show. We've got Aaron Foley here. John Daly is here. Jim Earl is here. Uh, the wonderful Eddie Pepitone is here. And then I'm going to bring out a surprise for Eddie Pepitone that we'll get to in a minute. Should I show you the records I bought? Oh, wait. Let's do this first. I'm so excited. I have the new shirts here. Look. Look at this shit, man. This is a new official What the Fuck shirt right there. 
That's a large. That's a large. Oh, relax. I'm gonna, I actually have them for sale, but not because I'm selling merch here, but because I went to pick them up and they were in the car and I said, why not sell merch here? And <laughs> I usually reserve them to be aggravated over in my garage and wonder why I didn't fucking order enough and I make people wait three weeks for their goddamn t-shirts until they politely email me and go, I just wonder, you know, I bought a shirt and then I have to go, oh, I'm a fucking idiot douchebag. I'll get that to you when I figure out how to fucking run a business. And this is, of course, the cat shirt. And that's, that's from right to left. That's monkey. Uh, it, well, I, it's monkey in blackface, which is inappropriate because he's actually orange and white. That's me, of course, and that's Fonda and Boomer. See that? That's a large as well. And it's, and it's going over there. Oh, God. Okay. I was... Um, But they're for sale out there at 20 bucks a piece. And that includes shipping from the desk to you right there. So let's read some emails. Do I have anything I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to run out of time because I'm really here to help Eddie. I, um, I just bought records because, yeah, I bought records. Look at that. Woody Allen, the stand-up years. And you know what? Even if you don't listen to records, you know what you can do with records? You can go, oh, fuck. Oh, look. And you can just sit there doing that for a while, and then you can look at the back and go, yeah, Woody Allen. He's all young, and I'm kind of like him, right? Dick Gregory, never seen this one before. You can applaud Dick. What, that's, now see what's going on. Just a few people for Dick Gregory. But uh, Lenny Bruce, Live at Carnegie Hall, which I have three of. I love when people interview, applaud Lenny Bruce. You know what's weird about Lenny Bruce? How long did it take you to fucking understand what the hell he was talking about? You know, we all say Lenny Bruce you know, set this standard for everything that we do. But, you know, a lot of people, like, if you ask them, have you ever listened to, have you ever listened to him? He's like, yeah. Did, did you get it? I don't know. I, you know. It's fucking difficult. It took me, like, ten years to figure out what the fuck he was talking about. And, and you feel like an asshole. You're like, Lenny Bruce is the best. Really? What, it, what have you listened to? Well, I don't know. It's just a general thing. Um... <laughs> But I have this one, and the reason I got another one is this one has a poster in it. Look at that, George Carlin with short hair. I don't even know why I'm showing you with these records. The reason I'm showing you these records is they're tangible objects of a bygone day when things used to matter. And, and, and like people used to look forward to fucking getting records. Now, like if I do a podcast, you know, people are like, when's the next one? When's the next one? And I don't mind that. But like I have to record a CD and then I, like I record like my sets and I cannot keep up with it. I want to have the time back where it's like he put out one record and it had a great fucking cover and I looked at it for like 15 minutes every time I listened to it. Yeah, I, you know, it's like I bought the records. You want to know why I bought the records? So I don't go out of my fucking mind. Do you know why masturbation is not sexual? Because it's not. <laughs> if you jerk off a lot, it's not because you're sexually driven. It's because you cannot live in your own fucking skin for another minute. And the only way you can think to get out of yourself is to rub one out like a fucking monkey. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? Like, I'm just realizing that the reason why I cook compulsively is so I don't have to listen to me be me in my fucking head. It's these small, short-term goals that I make. Like, you know, and I, I get obsessed with ridiculous things. 
fucking like ridiculous things. I'm like, oh, what, what the fuck did I go looking for the other day that I fucking had to have? And that was so disappointing. Oh, I was in Oakland, California. Now, I know some of you know about my father and the mustard pants incident. Now, and I don't want to be like my father, but I swear to God, I had this email that I got literally a year ago from a guy who's an alcoholic who emails me. He's a wonderful guy, but for some reason, he collects old coins and glasses. That's what he collects. He's sent me many of both. But all he kept talking about was this place in Oakland, this place, Phoenix Eyewear, Phoenix Optical, that has these handmade tortoise shell or, or elk skull shell. I don't know what it is, but these glasses. So for no less than a year, I've been like lightly obsessing about like when I get there, when I get to Oakland, all of my problems will be solved. If I find these glasses, not only will I look good, but I will understand all things and probably see God with them. So we make this long journey, Jessica and I, out to Oakland on the BART. We walk like three or four miles to get to this fucking eyeglass store, and they stunk. And you know what I realized at that moment? That it's not about the process. The process stunk. And also, it's not about the payoff, because that stunk too. So basically, let go of your obsessions and realize that, you know, cynicism is reasonable. And... Um, <laughs> And that if you just masturbate, you'll save yourself a lot of that tedious process thinking you'll find it somewhere else. All right, let's read some emails. Here it goes. What, might I offer some advice? Always a, a you know, slightly defensive thing for me to read. Yeah, already I'm like, what? All right, here it goes. You don't need medicine, drugs, alcohol, or food. You need life. You need to go to a wilderness survival school and strike fire from nothing. Drink sketchy water and eat a bug. You need to have the shit scared out of you. You need to go camping out in the middle of nowhere for a week. You need to go whitewater rafting and face a wave of freezing cold water that slaps you in the face and steals your breath. Your show is therapy for you and whomever you interview. You don't need more therapy. I just listened to the Judd Apatow shows and wow, they were deep. Stop waiting for deeper self-reflection to explain life to you. Go happen to life. I know I'm great at identifying all your problems, but it's a big portion of your show. And I can tell you that it's something that occupies a lot of your time. You were always seeking something to fill your holes. You filled them with alcohol, drugs, nicotine, self-loathing, dot, dot, dot. Go experience something crazy. Is he not listening? Pull a Hunter S. Thompson, not the suicide part, but the buy the ticket, take the ride part. Thanks for clearing that up. Go find an experience and live the hell out of it. I think I just had one. Whatever the hell he, he wanted to achieve, I'm exhausted. Like I said, not to tell you how to live your life, but stop looking inside and go outside of yourself. Maslow set up his hierarchy of needs. Oh, fuck, now I gotta do homework. And you need to go focus on some of the more base needs. Fashion, shelter, hike a mile for a drink of water. Go to Oakland and find glasses. Hunt a wild boar with a pocket knife. No. Forget self-actualization, your guru, Dave. I've been camping. 
frankly, I'm not comfortable in my house with the windows open. <laughs> I was horrified with fear. And, you know, the weird thing about doing stuff like that, especially if you do it with a woman, if you go camping and you're a man like me, you run the risk of, of being a, a frightened bitch in front of your girlfriend. You don't want to be that guy who wakes up going, oh my God, did you hear that, baby? I don't know what it was. Would you just go out and look? There's nothing more frightening than you know, approaching a scary sound with like a flashlight and a pillow. This is kind of funny, but it's getting long already. Question, Mark. Mark, I'll give you $5 American to let me come on the show. I have no credits, very little polished material, and a relatively large chip on my shoulder when it comes to comedy. I'm not very entitled, though. I do seem to expect the soda machine in my dorm to continue to distribute four sodas when you just buy one. It used to do that. Sierra missed for miles. <laughs> Let me know. I'm a huge fan of WTF and your stand-up. Okay. I'll let you know now. That's not going to happen. But thank you for the email. Uh, what the fuck neuroscience? Hey, Mark, I just wanted to let you know a way you've helped me out recently. I was studying for a neuroscience exam and trying to memorize some of the different neurotransmitters. I got to serotonin and quickly realized the best way to remember it to its uses. Serotonin influences mood, impulses, sleeping, and eating. It's used to treat mood, sleeping, and eating disorder as well as OCD. So I just remember Mark needs serotonin. <laughs> and I can easily remember what it regulates. <laughs> Thanks for letting me benefit from your chemically imbalanced brain. I'm a big fan of all you do. Take care, Melinda. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? So last night I went to some Halloween party with my boyfriend. I'm too old to dress up, but I did anyway. I was Wayne and he was Garth. After I saw Wonder Woman touching him a little too warmly, I called him out in my own way, which is to glare for a few seconds before I can bring myself to admit that it made me jealous. I definitely wasn't being a bitch, but he wound up having a freak out and dumping me in public. In public. He still drove me back to his place where my car was waiting. We, of course, wound up in his house fighting more. I'm normally a pretty even-tempered person, but I was so pissed off at him that I put his toothbrush on my ass and pissed all over his hairbrush. <laughs> Then I ass-palmed his pillow and iPhone. I don't even know what ass-palmed is. But I like it. I slept there because I was way too exhausted to drive home on my own pillows, which did not get assed. When we woke up, he apologized for acting like a dick, and we got back together. I'm really glad he's going to have my ass in his mouth when he gets out of bed. Do you ever do fucked-up stuff like that? No, no, I just, I just yell. I, I would threaten to ass palm pillows if I had that in my vocabulary. Okay, quickly, I'm sorry. Breast cancer bullies, what the fuck? I didn't really know where this was going at first. Mark, I run a nonprofit for testicular cancer awareness and I'm jealous. Jealous of the breast cancer movement. From pink potato chips to pink soup cans, and from pink shirts to pink, well, pink everything. The world literally turns pink around an entire month of the year. They have the majority of cancer awareness, media attention, sponsorship dollars, etc. even though they don't have the majority of cancer patients or cancer patient deaths. Don't get me wrong, I too have lost family members to breast cancer and know there is a need for some awareness, but here's my what the fuck moment. In the midst of a month of pink, I turned on an NFL game only to find the players wearing pink. 
what the fuck? How many women watch football? Or should I say, how many men watch football? Certainly the majority of the audience is men, and while some NFL players are actually fighting testicular cancer right now, the teams are pushing breast cancer awareness. Plus, testicular cancer is the most common cancer for men between 15 and 35, and can kill men between 15 and 50. As someone who runs a testicular cancer awareness organization and as a testicular cancer survivor, I find this very, very sad. I know that running a testicular cancer awareness ad on an NFL game could possibly save the lives of hundreds of men. After all, early detection through a testicular self-exam can ensure survival. But most men don't even know there is a self-exam. Hmm. So... <laughs> My question is, has the breast cancer hype overtaken the message? Has the breast cancer movement put so much pressure on sponsors that the breast bandwagon has run over and silenced other cancer awareness? Or is corporate America cashing in and exploiting this cause to sell more merchandise? Quote, put a pink ribbon on it and sell more units, unquote. Either way, other cancer awareness groups and in turn those they need to reach are suffering. What the fuck? Our website shows very simply the testicular cancer exam and has a short list of symptoms to look for. So that is manexam.org, and let's just go through it. <laughs> know the symptoms, lump on testicle or swollen hard testicle. Yeah? A collection of fluid in the scrotum. Now how do you decipher, never mind. Enlargement or tenderness of the breasts, heavy feeling of discomfort in the, or discomfort in the lower belly or scrotum. Now, if I could, I'm really doing this for public service. Let everyone who's listening and, and people who are bold enough here in the room, we're going to go through a testicular exam now. So if you're listening, if you're in your cubicle, take a moment, look around. Okay, A, roll the left testicle along a vertical plane between your thumb and fingers. You doing it? You done? All right, repeat with the right testicle. B, examine the epidemis. Hmm. Tube containing sperm attached to testicle and spermatic cord of the left testicle between your thumb and fingers, repeat with right testicle. Everybody good in the room? It's important. C, while lifting the penis, roll the left testicle on a horizontal plane between your thumb and fingers. Repeat with right testicle. Now, if everything feels okay, masturbate. <laughs> you deserve it. Celebrate another day without testicular cancer. Let's get the show started. My first guest and I were actually in a film together, which launched our very, very short film careers. Please welcome Aaron Foley to the stage. Hello. Do you recognize it? She had a, a few more lines in Almost Famous than I did. Do you remember? Do you remember your part? Yeah, I was a, I was a raging biatch. Yeah. Do you remember her? She was the, the one who kept busting uh, the little guy's balls and running into Ben Fong Torres saying, this is fucked up, right? Yes, I was the, uh, I was the fact checker. Although when, when it's your first movie and you've been in the show business for about 30 days and you step in shit, uh, you say, fleck checker, frit checker, <laughs> cut, frit checker. I'm the fact check cut. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to last four hours. And I like shit my pants. It was, did, it was did horrifying. Do, did you have to do a lot of takes? So first, Seriously? Yeah, the first the first couple times I was like, I've been fleck checking this Pete cut. I've been I've been frick checking 
Kill me! It was awful. That sounds like my experience on the Mighty Dex 2, which I think I've shared, haven't I? Have I shared that? I already have? All right, fuck it. You were on Mighty Dex 2? Yeah, but I got cut out. Electric Boogaloo? I got cut out. As you know, in, in Almost Famous, I was the angry promoter. Yes. Yes, in, uh, in, ang- in, uh, in The Mighty Ducks, I was the angry valet. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme yes. here, Mark. Yes, Cameron Crowe used to walk around the set after I shot my scene a million times going, we had to fly this anger in from New York. <laughs> As he left with the first crew and left me to breathe exhaust from a bus over and over again, riding up a ramp with nobody there but the second camera crew. Nice. Though very nice guy, sat down, made me feel important, never yeah, used me again. He was super nice. We used to try to, uh, between takes, stump him on uh, 80s trivia, because I'm like a crazy 80s music. Really? Buff. Can yeah. I play? Stump, yeah. let me do one. Um, too what? sang too shy a jai. Dan, did I you just groan like you band. knew that? How no. would I know that? I was only gay for like a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, you know, 80s bands are the most ridiculous. It's like Kaja Gugu. I always remember that one because, like, it doesn't even sound like English. Yeah, I, fuck, it just happened to me. I was in a, I was in a store in, um, I was in uh, Lucky, and they were playing some song that was from that era, and I, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I literally, I literally says, is this Depeche Mode? Is it Depeche Mode? And the guy looked at me like, who sh- he looked to me in, in my judging way that he should have known uh, yeah. who Depeche Mode was. And he said, uh, I don't know. And then we, we did the thing with your phone. Who was it? Do you remember? Oh, the Shazam. Oh, good. It was Depeche Mode. Shazam. I'm, like, obsessed with Shazam. Like, I don't text when I drive, but I've gotten to so many near Shazam accidents. Do you, have, you, have you been in the left side? Nothing? I, I, I've always, I'm in my car. I'm like, that song's awesome. And then I'll get my phone, and I, I don't want to brag. I have a 97 Corolla. And uh, so, because things are going yeah. well. And, uh, and the phone's, like, by the back speaker, and I'm trying to Shazam, and people are Shazamming while driving. <laughs> That testicular guy, he should, he should go on a plate against Shazamic. I love that he's ripping breast cancer yeah. a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you really got to pick your targets. But yeah. I mean, I think he's more concerned. He's speaking from the balls here. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that his point was that, look, cancer is yeah. bad, but, you know, we get it in our pants, too. Yeah. You know, it's not all no, about the I boobs, No, I think he ladies. had a valid point. It's just, it's fu- it's just kind of funny to me that I feel like he should, he should be like, Angry at the carcinogens, not like <laughs> not at boobs, not at another cancer. <laughs> <laughs> like you actually pictured that if he was confronted by a breast cancer victim, you'd go, yeah. "Look at my balls! Yes. My balls are huge! Take your pink <laughs> off!" <laughs> what? That's creepy. <laughs> what is that? I feel like mean? yeah. If we could film a throwdown between him and a and a lady <laughs> in pink with one boob, no, that's horrible. Oh. Uh, Oh, come on. Let's even it out. He said he's a victim, so it, it would yeah. be one boob against one ball, which I think yeah. is a fair fight. Yeah, it's like a really good singles tennis match. <laughs> Have you ever heard that trivia that Hitler only had one ball? Like, you know, that's supposed to explain it. There's so many one ball stories. It's amazing. How many people do you like, you're having a conversation with and something, something comes out and it's like, oh, a guy has one ball. And you're like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> because usually people with one ball will talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's sort of a pride point after a certain point. I know a couple guys with Four one beers ball. in, I have nine nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that James Bond movie where the guy had three nipples? There was one, and then Ugh. he had to pretend like he had three nipples, and then he had, a, he had a suction nipple. Do you remember that? Does anyone remember that? Am I making uh, that up? I don't think I remember that. You don't remember it? You do? Okay. <laughs> so you're saying move on? 
that, that was definitely the tone that I got. Like, I, I was looking for some validation, like I'm not an idiot and had some weird James Bond three-nipple fantasy. And one guy says, yeah, I remembered it. Yeah, get and, over it. And I keep a nipple in my back pocket. Get over it. I went, I went over to uh, my, met my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm gay. Nobody panic. And, Whoa, uh, you're gay? I am. It's true. When did I, that happen? But I don't have ball cancer, so oh. everything's fine. Uh, it happened on a magical night in my 20s. Really? Oh. Let's talk about that. Yes. Like, okay, this, tell is, this is actually a fun story. What, the, the, the gay one? The gay thing, everyone's always like, oh, well, you know, how do you know you're being gay? And, also, and I was like, I, I should have known, but I, like, I had crazy football posters on my wall. It was like so stereotyped, but I had no idea I was dating Football men. posters, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, like posters of football dudes when I was like six and everyone had like kittens on like trees. And I was like, Lawrence Taylor! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I like, I like like dudes. I don't know, whatever. So, so then I decided... <laughs> I did. I was like, I thought I was Larry Bird. Oh, I was crazy. Anyway, so never, never thought you were gay. You just thought you no, were Larry Bird. No, I just Bird. was like, I thought I was Larry Bird. <laughs> and I had like an aggressive love for sweat socks. It was so stupid. But anyway, I literally decided to like. I was like, oh my god, I, I sort of think I have this crush on this girl, Kristen. I'm in a cab. I go find her at a bar. She's like, we're going to this other bar. My sisters were there, so it was a little bit awkward because we're Irish Catholic. We don't talk about anything. And then I go into his other bar, and so she follows me into the bathroom and pushes me into the bathroom stall. We make out, and I came out of the bathroom gay. <laughs> I mean, it was like just like that. I went in straight and I came out. I was like, I'm gay. That was it. I was like, that was it. I was done. Were you elated or were you like, you know, was no, you yeah, shocked I was at like, all? I was like, I just, I think I just pounded like 89 beers. I was like, dar, dar. <laughs> I'm gay and, and drunk. And you went home and took the posters off the wall. <laughs> I was like, oh, now those posters make sense. <laughs> Do, now, when you perform, like I, because I know I looked at your website and and I and I saw there were some gay events. Gay events. Now, and and when you perform at those events, now do you ever feel? Do you ever perform where where you don't want to? You know, do you do gay humor mostly? It, I mean, it really, honestly, it really depends. Like, if I'm in the mood, like gay stuff is super easy with like the gays. You're just like you don't have to like premise it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. when I do like a week at the Improv, like in Tahoe, Vegas, yeah, I call it BGR, the Big Gay Reveal. <laughs> Like, you have to get them going for, like, 15, 20 minutes, and they're like, we like you. Then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, you're stuck with me now. It's a 40-minute set. <laughs> oh, and then I ruined Have you ever had trouble because of the reveal? Um, you know, the air full-on goes out of the room really? for a little while, and then I sort of get them back. But in Vegas, this guy was like... He kind of was like being, he was just kind of being annoying during the set, but he was, he was positive. Sorry, I'll wrap this no, up. No, no, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not looking so, for that. Um, and so then he was super wasted. He came up to me after the show, and I was like, oh, shit, this could go either way, you know? Because <laughs> he was tanked, and he was like way too tan, and he was like 80, but he might have been 50, you mm -hmm. know, those faces? And uh, like you can never tell. Mm -hmm. And then he came up to me, and he was like, oh, you're, you're great, you're great. When you started doing the gay stuff, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes, uh, He's like, it was great. I kept, I kept picturing that guy that plays the piano, and Ellen, she's from there. <laughs> <laughs> she's from gay? She's gay Middle Earth. <laughs> Aaron Foley, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. So you can stay here. Just move down one. That was excellent. <laughs> he's, he's from there. She's from there. Oh. We have a very special treat. I don't know if you're familiar with this, and it, it sort of ties into the records because there are very few uh, 
comedy legends, and certainly a few comedy legends that many people don't know about. But it's my pleasure to uh, to introduce to you now, if you don't know him, uh, uh, Bill Cosby Bukowski. Please welcome Bill Cosby Bukowski. What's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How you doing, Bill? How are you, Marin? I'm pretty good, Bill Cosby Bukowski. How are you, Aaron? Aaron and Marin. Yeah, it's a poem. It's a poem. It's a jelloem. <laughs> a jelloem? I'm gay, too. <laughs> you, you I like came it. out of a bathroom gay. <laughs> it was a crazy night in New York City. I uh -huh. walked out of the bathroom where nothing happened except for a big brown dookie. <laughs> I came out and I said, I'm gay. <laughs> or straight, or whatever. <laughs> as long as your body has an area that feels like jello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it! Yeah. Do you, do you want to sit down? Oh, well, just... fuck it! <laughs> you want to sit in a chair? Okay. Well, I think I'll lean against the wall, Marin. <laughs> I'm going to lean against the wall. So what's your uh, history, Bill Cosby Bukowski? <laughs> well, I live in a shithole shanty. Yeah. In fucking uh, uh, East L.A. Yeah. I got a shit bucket and then a piss bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking have little brain-damaged chocolate cake-eating motherfucking children. <laughs> Theo. Yeah. Rudy. Yeah. Vanessa. Yeah. They're stupid brain-damaged piece of shit, and I pimp them out. I turn them out on the street. <laughs> That's lovely. That's Turn lovely. them out on the street and yeah. they're all pr prostitutes. Yeah. But if they, are they not doing well? Because you live in a shanty. Well, I... if they don't do well, they don't get a jello dinner. <laughs> this is a feel-good story. <laughs> this is... Why? Is it making you feel good? <laughs> so Gay you know... people love my comedy. <laughs> I go on a cruise ship. You do cruise ships? And the guys are like, whoa, <laughs> we accept you. <laughs> Uh, this is fun. You go. You do cruise ships. I do cruise around. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I wouldn't. Guy's think... name Chip. <laughs> so, what kind of car do you drive? I don't have a car. Oh, okay. I skip everywhere. <laughs> I skip everywhere. Yeah. Because what's life about, Marin? It's about skipping. It's and... about being happy. Yeah. I go camping yeah. on a wild boar with a pocket knife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've done that. One huh? time I hunted a wild whore with a skin knife. Oh. <laughs> That's that comedy genius that we hear so much <laughs> Thank about. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I put two and two together and it makes comedy go. <laughs> you want to hear some of my jello -ums? Yes, I do. More than anything. I don't write poems. I write jello <laughs> The first one is called, I Wish I Had Titties. <laughs> I wish I had titties, along with my penis. If I had some fat titties, I feel just like Venus Williams. <laughs> Crazy double Ds are debilitating. They'd be like super soakers when I was lactating. <laughs> I'd be a fat titty <laughs> tranny and advertise in the back of L.A. Weekly with my thighs spread to Kimbo. <laughs> Limbo is a sport that my titties will not allow me to play. I'd be left out at every luau, but that's okay. 
Because at every other party, I'd be the sexiest one. I'd let everybody play with them, even my son, Theo. Awesome. That was spectacular. So where's the hat, titties? I've, I've actually never, never once really entertained the idea of having breasts. Well, you should. Yeah. I don't think you'd look good. <laughs> I think that they would be hairy, quite clearly. <laughs> hairy, and it would be awful. <laughs> but you'd have some jiggly puddings. <laughs> To jiggle around and I'm, swing I'm around. Just, I'm impressed that you, that you go to luau's. That's that's fantastic. What kind of parties do you you go to, Foley? <laughs> I, I like to rip it up in menstrual huts. You like uh, <laughs> menstrual huts? It's it's a sit it's around a crazy and menstruate. Party. It's a crazy party. <laughs> hey, why not? A lot of big tits. A lot of big tits. Oh, yeah. sick. That was one of those sick, few. bro. Sick, bro. Well, that's pretty cool. When she said menstrual huts, I was really hoping it was menstruation. Or else we would have had a race she, issue. Yeah, there. yeah, the blackface hut. <laughs> you and your white friends all get together in the blackface hut and put shoe polish all over your faces and dance. Now that's a fucked up hut. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have another Jaloam? I got another Jaloam. <laughs> this one's called Who's the Most Fuckable Huxtable? Sandra, Rudy, Theo, Vanessa, Cockroach, Lisa Bonet, that's so Raven, get down here. All the children say, oh, Dad, what's going on, Dad? We got homework today. I said, shut up. Circle up, you chocolate cake eating degenerates. The contest is who is the most fuckable Huxtable? Winner gets jello supper, loser gets to sleep in their bed tonight. You want to explain? The kids that? say, but dad, dad. I say, don't say dad, I pay the rent, I make the rules, or stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Vanessa, you can leave, you lose. <laughs> Vanessa says, but dad, I say, zip your lip. You came in last before you even show up. You're the least fuckable Huxtable. Now get out of here before I stab you in the face with a pocket knife like a wild boar. Cockroach, come here. Let's shake your shit around. Shake it around. Now pull out your dick. Now make, make out with Theo. Cockroach says, do I have to, Dr. Huxtable? I say, what? What? You got to, you questioning me? I got a PhD from Hofstra and raining down shit on your face. Now tongue kiss my son. This is a poem? Yeah. It's free form. <laughs> At some you point. didn't bring any Jaloams. <laughs> By the way, it's a Jaloam, not a poem. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. All he knows is that the poetic effect on me was I entered some sort of uh, you know, amoral, sort of untethered flying feeling. Like I, Get I used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lisa Bonet, shake your shit around. Now take this live chicken, kill it, and do some angel heart shit. <laughs> OBKB, OBKB. Okay, contest over, you win. <laughs> you get the jello dinner. That's so Raven, you're the runner up. Your prizes, you get to play Leonard Part 7. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's a fucking jello, Marin. Bill Cosby Bukowski, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You want to sit down while I 
for a minute and relax. Oh, okay, I'll hang out with you guys. All right, man. That was, uh, that was very interesting. Are you related to either of Charles Bukowski or Bill Cosby? Or? No, it's a lot like the movie Twins <laughs> uh, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito sure. See, uh, they, they combine the DNA uh, uh, swirly hemispheres yeah. of um, uh, Bill helix. Cosby yeah. and Bukowski, and yeah. then they impregnated uh, both of their wives, yeah. and then they had a crazy baby, and it's me. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that's explained. With I, uh, gorgeous hair. Oh, gorgeous thank you hair. so much. Hey, you this too. Is a, this is a guy who works at my post office right there. This is Victor right there. He works at my post who? office. How hey. you doing, buddy? Can I? Can I? I got two questions, and then we're gonna bring Jim out. But these are these are sincere questions. Sincere? Now, yes, my my mailman Demetrios, who you right, know, right. has disappeared. Why? What happened to him? I, you know what they're doing? They're they're consolidating all these routes. They took away my mailman, and I, and, and and what I want to know he's is what have they done too. with him? Yeah, he's a good guy, but I need my mailman back. Is there anything we can do? Yeah, go up and talk to the manager. Say I want my I want my mailman back. back. Does that happen? <laughs> Where's my mailman? And I can demand him back. Or, or, or you know what? You can help really, me a little more. I don't think it's going to happen. Mark. Okay. <laughs> if that's not going to happen, can no. you tell the new guy to stop delivering my ex-wife's fucking mail there? <laughs> really? Except I held on to the jury duty thing. Oh. <laughs> don't they go to jail for that? I don't know. Do they? Hmm. <laughs> no, I sent it back. I don't know where the hell she is. Now, are you, are you ready, James? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. All right. It's always lovely to have this next performer on the show because we go way back and he always, you know, is very, it's, it's a joyful thing. Now I'm talking like Bill Cosby. I, um... <laughs> Good. I want to... I want to welcome right now to the stage with his cafe journals, uh, the, the wonderful Jim Earl. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone here tonight. It is a great honor being here up here tonight again on the UCB Theater here uh, on Franklin or Hi, Fountain, where the fuck I am. How Hi. are you doing tonight, Mark? I'm good, Jim. Great. Okay, I got to get on with this. You're you still, want, eat, still eating meat? Uh, yeah, I still eat meat. Yeah, on, on a scale of one to two, with ten being the highest, yeah. how would you score your morality? Because I eat meat? Yeah. L listen, all right, Jim, I asked you to come here. My, my morality is when I eat meat, I, I, I thank the animal. Do you ever eat pork? Not much, a little bit. Why? Do you know when you eat pork that you're <sighs> eating the equivalent of a three-year-old child? why I eat it. <laughs> no, Jim. Like, Think of that the next time you're at one of your friend's houses and they have what, like what? their th two or three year old children running around. You want, Would you, want, you stick one of them up on a, you know, like a fork and kind of grill them, grill them in your big iron frying pan in Jesus the morning? Jesus Christ, Jim. I'm, I'm just trying to entertain people. Calm down! <laughs> you want to plug your Twitter, your new Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, JimRail666. Thanks okay. a lot. Now I like to read from my cafe journal. A lot of people, you people I know like to go out into the cafes and write your curb scripts. <laughs> That's uh, short for curb your enthusiasm. I, I got it, I got it. I'd like to read from you, uh, for you a few of my excerpts from my own cafe journal. 3 p.m. Hail Satan. <laughs> Father of lies, demon of hell, Lord Harry Beelzebub. Thy Satanic Majesty, Lord of the Flies, George Lopez. 
This will be my day to write. Oh, scaly penis one. Help me understand this world. Why does Seth Rogen keep playing romantic leads? 3.15 p.m. Blasted my TV with a shotgun the other night. Can I help it if Bristol Palin makes me feel all murdery? Why is she still da on Dancing with the Stars? I thought she'd at least be pregnant by now. I've seen better hoofing at a slaughterhouse. Three p.m. Three thirty p.m. Friday is World Toilet Day, and I plan to give till it hurts. Three thirty-five p.m. Important things to do tomorrow: attend rally for sanity, then kill everyone at work. 3.36 p.m., damn, I just realized I can't kill everybody at work because I don't have a job. <laughs> damn, outsourcing? <laughs> oh well, must finish my Chelsea Handler writing packet. <laughs> Four, 4 p.m., chuckle. I just love those Cisco ads with that sassy Ellen Page. She makes me feel better about ejaculating onto my router. <laughs> 3 p.m. again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have the ability to go back in time. 5 p.m. I wish people would stop putting tips in my miscarried fetus in a jar jar. 7 p.m. I hope Mark doesn't think I'm using this cafe journal thing as a means to shamelessly gain new followers on Twitter. Heck, I can't even remember my, my username. Oh, yeah, I can. It's JimRL666. 7.45 p.m. The dog next door has been giving me orders again. Yeah. But I choose to ignore him because I am strong and he is weak. 8 p.m. Crap. Mark invited me up to his place for lunch. God, I hope he won't insist on another walk afterwards. <laughs> Not walk as in frying pan, but walk as in stroll. Mm. God, I hate homonyms. <laughs> 11.30 p.m. Place is closed, everyone's gone, and I'm locked in. Guess I picked the wrong time to accidentally scald my scrotum with hot coffee. Mm. <laughs> no lawsuit this week. This side getting all this? <laughs> 12 midnight. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> Final entry. I hear them beating on the front door. Thank God for fire. At last I am erect. Jim Earl, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Cosby Bukowski, Aaron Foley. Thank you for being here. I'll see you back there. Of course, for those of you listening, Bill Cosby Bukowski, played by the genius John Daly. 
And now, as always, we're gonna we're gonna close. But I have a surprise for Eddie if he if he uh, you know if he gets to the point. Um, <laughs> with the last word, with an addendum, uh, please welcome Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> what do you want to do? You want to you want to stand? You want? Yeah, that's good. You can take that one. All right, take whatever you want. Can I just read this to you first before you launch? Just I got a, an email, Pepitone. It says. Uh, I like to wait until the season has ended to watch all the episodes of Weeds. We're watching three or four in a row last night, and all of a sudden I'm seeing a big naked Pepitone on a bed. Why? Why? I think this is your fault, BC. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that was not a good day for me. Okay, I had to go in, or it was a good day. Yeah. And you see already the torture that goes on in me, oh, it wasn't a good day, it was a good day. It wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't. And that's all I do, that's all I do while we're in the middle of a military industrial complex. How many fucking people on Veterans Day wanted to lash out against the troops but couldn't because, oh, don't do it that day, Pepitone. I have a very active Twitter account and a very active imagination. And I go after people on that account, but I said something about the veterans and some guy threatened my life and I immediately took it down. <laughs> and that's how I roll. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, fuck. I have no, I have no sense perception, depth perception. Look, I just want to talk about one thing, and that's inner pain. Okay? And it doesn't go away. I listen to your podcast. It's terrific. What you... <laughs> you got your mailman here. Oh, is that a mailman? No, he works at the post office. Don't insult him. I'm not insulting him. I was listening backstage, and I was hearing him talk just very eloquently about the mail system. This is a man who paid his dues in the post office system. Is that right? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> anyway, fuck that guy. Look. <laughs> and I don't mean any disrespect in case you're going to stay lunge at me after the show with some kind of homemade <laughs> weapon, which happens a lot in this city. But I want to talk about the fact that I filmed the fucking Muppets today. And let me tell you something. Were you, were in, the you were in the movie? I was in the Muppet movie. Okay. I think I'm going to sit down tonight. All right. I think you're going to need to. Uh, I was in the Muppet movie. Uh -huh. um, the guy who directs it, a guy, a great British director named James Bobbin. Mm -hmm. Young kid. Fucking, you know these young people who like by the time they're like 16, they've already like done so much shit. You ever yeah. meet these people like, sure. oh yeah, when by the time I was 14, I built a steam engine. Yeah. And, and then by the time I was 16, I had been around the world and I had invented a very unique sushi device. Or, or these fucking people, like I am the opposite. I am 52 and I am just getting the hang of vacuuming and shit like like shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So thank God this young guy likes me, James Bobbin, because he was he directed Flight of the Concords. None of this is to impress you because I'm in a lot of pain. But he loved me on Flight of the Concords, and I had one of my best little roles mm -hmm. on Flight of the Concords. Mm -hmm. I played this sign guy, and he let me improvise. I remember that. That was funny. Yeah, it was you, were very the, you were the sign guy. <laughs> It was very funny. It was brilliant, dare I say. 
And I sit around going, well, he says I'm brilliant. This guy says I'm brilliant. But I don't feel good. Look at myself in the mirror. I look like shit. I've put all the weight back on. Actually, I thought you looked pretty good. Oh, maybe I do. (laughs) And do you see? That's how my life goes. The last person to tell me is how I feel. The last person. Like, I have to make sure I talk to someone who's going to give me some, say something good. You ever call a friend? I'm, I know you do. You have certain friends you call, yeah. and you're like, uh, oh, I hope they say something good about me. Wait like, a minute. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I have a couple of friends that I call, and I know they're going to say, oh, Eddie, what you do is so good. And then I just go to sleep in this cocoon, you know, of goodness. That and the NyQuil. Yeah, and then Rick Shapiro calls you at three in the morning. (laughs) the same thing? I cut that fuck out. He's sick. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, I was on the fucking Muppets today. And how good is that? And this guy, Bobbin, puts me in the movie. And I really wanted to meet the Muppets. (laughs) Because I love the fucking Muppets. (laughs) Who doesn't? And my girlfriend loves the Muppets. And what was great is that I had this big trailer. I had one line. But it was a great close-up. And he fucking has me in, you know, just to do this close-up. I play the postman, by the way. (laughs) Uh, You want to try and recapture the line? See if you do it right? Oh, man. Okay. There's nothing to it, right? Yeah. It's like, here's your mail. (laughs) Hey, if I was a postman, I would be doing stuff that would be fucking nuts. I'd be scoping out houses all the time. I'd be like, who lives in this house? What kind of animals do they have? What are their habits? What are their habits? (laughs) Because I don't like myself, and and therefore I don't... And therefore, I don't like others. Well, you know what? And I'm, I'm yeah. Got you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, just basically what I want to say is I had a good day. Like, I opened up the door to this huge trailer, the biggest trailer, uh, n- nicer than most people's homes in uh-huh. America right uh-huh. now, this trailer that I, I stayed in. Yeah. And um, I, I had this huge gift basket oh. uh, for, of Muppet shit. Oh, yeah. That, that was really cool. And I gave it to my girlfriend, Karen, who loves the Muppet. She's yeah. sitting in the front row. And I, I was like, oh, Karen's going to love this. Yeah. I had a great day. But my first tweet today was, and, you know, I have a great Twitter account. Very active, very strong. So I, I had all this beautiful Muppet shit, and I'm on a Muppet movie, but my first tweet of the day was, when they strap me down for electric shock, I know it's going to be a good day if the voltage is just right. And I thought, that, you know, that was a funny tweet to do in a Muppet trailer. I'm, an interest, I'm in an interesting space Well, good. Well, you hold on to that. Okay. Because right now I'm going to bring out somebody that both me, I've decided that Eddie and I could you know, benefit from. We've got a few minutes here. Uh, he's been on the show before. He was almost Dr. Steve, and now he is a full-fledged doctor of psychology. Uh, please welcome Dr. Steve Z- Danziger to the stage. This is Steve. Uh, Dr. Steve is a friend of mine. He's a bona fide psychologist. This is not a character. This is real. And the reason I'm here and the reason I brought him here, Eddie, is because you're fucked up. And, and are you really looking for a therapist? I am now. So yeah. now, okay, so now if you go into a therapist, this is your opportunity. Day one. Day one. Day one. This is the first day you're meeting a therapist. What do you say? <laughs> well, Doc, <laughs> I just hope you don't mind we're doing it in a theater. 
Um, this is actually this, this is the way my office is set up. <laughs> do you mind if I do a little time? <laughs> no. Uh, what would I do first? First day. First first day. I would go. Um, you know, I I just want to live an honest life. <laughs> I just no. I'm serious. So it's I, like it's a Steinbeck novel. The fuck does that mean? Does that mean a Steinbeck novel? See, see what's happening? Look what, what's happening is he's living an honest life. Yeah. He's very angry at you, Mark. And okay. I think we need to okay, keep, so, keep okay. this going. Let me, let me see what happens. All right, go ahead. Honest wife, Eddie. Hey, oh, here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing, though. Yeah. Seriously. Honesty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the biggest thing is how do I stop from being self-attacking and, yeah, just always attacking myself and... My anger just, like, the, ang the angry voice in my head never fucking stops. Like, I see a fucking billboard for due date, and I know Zach Galifianakis. I like him, but I just want to kill him. I, like, the, the size of the billboards, like, they, they say, oh, every, you know, your life is going to be better if you see due date. And it's some fucking piece of shit road movie. Yeah. And I get so angry at it. What, why I'm bringing up due date is because that was the thing I hated no, at I the moment. I, I think it's a good question, and I, and I experienced similar things like that, but it's for a different reason. Can you help him and maybe help me? <laughs> Zach's career is none of your business. See, I don't like that. <laughs> and, and that's the nature of No, therapy. if a therapist would... Now, he don't say therapist. it like that to me, Doc. <laughs> I don't Eddie. call therapist docs, uh, by the way. I would call you Steve. I'd say Steve, who was my first therapist in Staten Island. And by the way, if you're in therapy in Staten Island, tremendously fucked up situation because Staten Island is just a cauldron of hate and despair. <laughs> and, and then you're in this safe place for like 40 minutes and then you're back out into Staten Island where no one reads and everybody just <laughs> hits, hits each other. But, but I think he's right, right? You're saying that, that Zach's career has nothing to do with his life, right? Right. Well, the way he's... you said it, though, made me angry. You said it's none of your business. <laughs> you know. What would you do if... Give me a glass of wine first what or something. Do? What would you do if he said that to you? If he said that... Like, I, it's I'm... none of your business. Fuck you. First day of therapy. I'd probably uh, assess the situation further and maybe say our time is up. <laughs> After five minutes, see? And then you have a new ten minutes. I went to a therapist. <laughs> I would the get in the left. I was I'll there. <laughs> five minutes in, he tells me the time is over. My life is pain. I read, the, I read Death of a Salesman to fucking relax. Like I would say shit yeah. like that. Yeah. No, but I would get the last word in. If, if you said, oh, five minutes, our time is up, I'd be like, fuck you. Our time is up, pal. Our time is up, and you're not a good, you're not a good shrink. You don't know what it's like to live in Staten Island. All right, practical advice, Steve, because I want to use this time efficiently. Eddie apparently is frightened. I'm not. I, um, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, look at that. You can't even stop for a second with the anger. <laughs> Provoking you with that shit. But you get provoked by billboards. All of a sudden, I'm an asshole. You don't get provoked by billboards? What? You don't get provoked by fucking Morning Glory billboards? No, you know what I do when I see them? Fuck Morning. Fuck Harrison Ford. You know what I do when I see them? What? If I know who's on the billboard, this is how I handle that situation. And tell me if this is effective. Like, if I see Due Date, I know Zach as well. We're friends. I think, I look at the picture, and I say, that's a horrible picture. 
and that's what I do. I went and saw the movie. I, you, you did? Know, yeah. Was it horrible? I'm not, no, it was what it was. You know what it is. There was a couple of moments. Oh, you can't even say it, huh? Here's what I'll tell you, Eddie Pepitone. Motherfucker. Here's what I'll See, tell I you. See, I want to live honestly, Doc. I don't want to live like that. You want to know what my honest assessment of the movie was? Yeah. Is that, and I have this problem with a lot of these type of movies, is that they had something going between the two of them, and then the, the movie got so ridiculous that the credibility of the story was disintegrated, and it aggravated me because I was no longer interested. Now, if you just want to go, ah, these fucking movies, but if they offer me a part, I'll do it. If I'll you do it. Guy, I will do it. Sorry, I don't mean to be here in the middle of this. But, but, what, what? It's my job. Okay. What I'm saying is I try to analyze it critically because what am I going to stop the flow of shit that comes into people's brains? I'll let that speak for itself. All right, so what, can I ask you a practical question? Because I had an angry thing to say. And both of us have this angry problem. And my problem is he's in his car yelling at himself. I, unfortunately, am yelling at other people. Can you somehow give us Ooh, some... See, I don't do that Well, shit. That you're, that well you're... I do do that. All I right, do do oh, that. so Mr. Honesty, it took you a second, didn't I it? know. Yeah. That's my yeah. problem. Because you didn't want to go home and have her go, you do do that. <laughs> but it's not just her. It's like people like coffee shop people will go, excuse me, is there a problem? Like if the line isn't moving, I'm that idiot. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> okay. There, here's a practical. <laughs> Help us out. Because I fucking started yelling about bullshit. And once I start yelling, I can't stop. And he makes it his act. But that's a different issue. Now, what I want to know is, what do we, how do we stop it from happening when we don't want it to happen? Well, the thing is, is Eddie, except during your act, you're an anger stuffer. Ooh, see. Am I really? Yeah, yeah. you are. Uh, you see, and I don't you, need to have this in no, front yes, of everybody. You, you blow up and... <laughs> this is Mark's idea. Yeah, uh, so. I know, I know. No, how how am I an anger you stuffer? You are because you're, you're so an anger stuffer. You you stuff it down, you stuff it down, and then it comes out in this way. It's it, comedy. It's good comedy. That's a good thing. No, it's isn't a good. It? It's a good thing. It's positive. Because off stage I am a sweetheart, you know. Well, it's the so other. I can't help it. Off stage I'm like. So how does the <laughs> stuffing affect? Why does that have something to do with his pain? Because he's maintaining the stuffing. That's what it is. It's it's sort of. Why is it? Are you talking about turned... stuffing because of Thanksgiving? What the <laughs> fuck? Nah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone there. Uh, so he's so he's an angry stuffer. I think that's enough for him apparently. Now right. now what about me? You're an actor you're an actor outer. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> given 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 any circumstance, you will uh, go into the street, roll around in broken glass. Right? Screaming and yelling, first Prius you see, you will punch it in the grill. <laughs> Nice no, hybrid view. No, no, here's what happens to me. I'll, I'll, I'll play it out. I'll play it out for you. Um, like for example, Eddie, do this, do this for me. Say, say, say nice jacket. Hey, nice jacket. What are you saying? I mean, I mean, you don't like the way I fucking dress? I mean, how, I mean, I just bought this jacket. Who the fuck are you to judge it? I mean, what are you th even thinking? I have fucking nice clothes. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you, pal. <laughs> See, like once that little moment where I think that somebody has said something manipulative where he could have been genuine, but I told him what to say, so there was no way to determine that in this particular situation. But if I could have done but it like, better, I'll misinterpret you... shit as fucking passive aggressive, and then I'll feel like I've been. Right. What's We've that? talked about this before. It's your trauma. We talked about it on a previous trauma. Podcast. I have trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I have fucking trauma I too. I know. I'm from Staten Island. <laughs> I used to live, breathe, and eat trauma. That show, when trauma was on the air, I was like, 
what the fuck? Does America like to come home and put on trauma? Yeah. Like, oh, honey, turn trauma louder. I love when trauma's blasted. And then you thought, if I could get a show, I would call it trauma. It's just unbelievable. People getting blown up in cafes and they right. made a television show. Right. I'm and sorry. And the last word, so the trauma thing. What's right. that? Okay, so it's what's your that? trauma. Yeah. And you're, you're in a sort of a hypervigilant uh, stage at all times. <laughs> You're always looking for someone to tell you something about your jacket that you don't like, or you're looking for someone. I to am. Say I am it. really. Yeah, constantly. Mm. That's, that's why. That's up. why you yell at people before you even get a chance. Mm. Okay, so that. I'd rather be an anger stuffer, my friend. <laughs> Quite honestly, I'd rather be a fucking anger stuffer than that. Have that shit going on. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I know it's a nice jacket. I, I fucking took my time picking it out. And then you go home and look in the mirror and go, maybe I didn't pick out a good jacket. I know, and then I hate I yourself know. for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think we've got a lot achieved. Do you feel better? I feel a little better. That's how I work. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Danziger, ladies and gentlemen. Eddie Pepitone. This has been Live WTF. Thank you for coming out to the UCB Theater in Hollywood, California. Go to WTFpod.com. Get some coffee. Oh, I have coffee. Wait, I'm going to throw coffee out. WTF Blend. Oh, someone jumped really high for that. JustCoffee.coop. Oh, throw that back. Be fair. I love you guys. Thanks for coming out. I hope you had a good time. Good night. <laughs>